Well, um, you have a nice outfit on right now, Calum. Yeah. Do you want to describe it for the people? Since we only have an audio version. Yeah, video coming maybe someday soon. Someday soon, yeah. Eventually, maybe. Uh, Well, yeah, I've put on a button-up shirt for the first time in probably about a year. It looks like it's been pressed. Uh, Yeah, pressed in my closet, not with an iron. Oh, okay, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's got a kind of a uh, a year long closet press gives it a very fresh look. Yeah, I can I can tell. Yeah. I also I have the man bun in because we're channeling some tech ideas, and I needed a little antenna uh, 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 uh. to make sure that I could receive all of Mr. Musk's beep boops. Yeah, you you're 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 receiving all those beep boops. I mean, you got a nice little you well, got that, a nice that... little knob too, so you're getting a lot of high frequency, high level ideas coming in hot to the back of your brain. Yeah, once once I got on Clubhouse and started putting my voice into the internet, I realized into the ether. Into the ether, <laughs> into the abyss, I realized, you know what? I need an antenna so mm-hmm. I'm always connected. <laughs> I can't rely on fucking zuckerberg to s- supply yeah access to information it's not gonna happen no i i mean i don't blame you man i don't blame you so i guess that's yeah i i'm liking the outfit i think it fits with the topic because you got a little uh button up on yourself no do, man yeah. button but you do you do have some buttons showing well yeah i'm wearing i'm kind of wearing a you know a cotton button up it kind of looks like if i uh came out of a safari outfit you know that i'm sort of got this light tan it's it's cotton it's light it's summery um but uh, you know, what? Watch out! Where you probably don't want to be wearing that out in a safari because you might have been hunting tigers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Endangered species hunting is not okay. Yeah, wouldn't that be great if uh, there was just photos that came out of like Mark Zuckerberg hunting big game in Africa? He's just got a photo of a, of a of a killed lion, and he's sort of like laying on it, stroking it. Like, look, I have human emotion too. Yeah, and, and you're like, uh, not. That's not quite what we were looking for, Mark. He's got like a Facebook cap on. <laughs> he's smiling. His little robot smile. Yeah, he's got too much sunblock on his forehead. Yeah, you know he's got a nice nerdy red pink kind of skin tone that just makes him look like an extra Silicon Valley nerd. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Le- least favorite Silicon Valley tech person, Mark Zuckerberg, hands down. You, and and that's above Jeff Bezos. He was kind of a uh, a predecessor, maybe you could call it. Yes, and more of a piece of shit, in my opinion. Uh, Jeff Bezos is. Um. Yeah. Yes, but I don't. I, yeah, I don't necessarily love the Amazon platform itself, but I think like Zuckerberg and like the rise of social media itself is mm-hmm. is, is worse than like an online retail environment. No, I get it. I mean, it is also important to recognize that Facebook was started off of the the idea that you know, Mark and his friends in college needed to collect or sort of connect with with single girls. Um, He needed to know, because it started originally as kind of a dating platform, right? It was like, okay, who's single? Right. And and wasn't it kind of like that creepy, like, rating? Yeah, I I, I think so. But, you know, nonetheless, it was like, oh, a way of, like, knowing who's single and who's in a relationship and trying to give, you know, that extra level of data before you try to take a horrible stab at trying to pick up someone in a college bar. Do you think at that point they realized that the important part was the data or that that was kind of like a secondary revelation that like, wow, these people are giving us a lot of information and Mm -hmm. that information uh, could be our business? Or do you think they already kind of realized that if they could develop something where people would give them that, 
that it would be a, a good business. I, I mean, it's. I think it's clear that you know Mark Zuckerberg grew up and uh, well, he was he was born through an egg, through a, sort of a uh, uh, an egg in a glass environment with with liquid around it and was hatched. Yeah, so, I was, was going to say, do you think egg in the sense that like some alien mothership had to sit on him and keep him warm, or he came out of like a. a chamber of liquid no yeah i think it was chamber liquid okay. sent down in a pod um and and then was sort of you know born into this world from from a pod like kind of alien platform um so i guess to be serious on on your response yeah i think this was this was from the original day <laughs> original days of planting literally the biggest mind virus the world has ever seen no but um no, they, they, I mean, I guess you gotta, gotta be a little bit sympathetic to the guy because they didn't really know what they were starting. They really didn't know. And I think that's uh, kind of the reality of a lot of these tech platforms, a lot of these um, sharing economy platforms, be it Airbnb or Uber or Facebook. They have these like implications of, of social good and utopian ideals. And then you unleash them into the world and you're like, you don't quite realize what they're going to become, and then you realize the profitable part of it isn't the social good part. For sure. For and then sure. all of them double down on the profitable part. <laughs> so Yeah, and it, and it's hard to stop that train once it's started. And, like, no, it's interesting, too, because, like, these platforms, I guess these, yeah, sharing platforms or these sort of what you were telling me a little bit about was these sort of idea of platform economies or whatever you want to characterize them as, right? There's yeah. these infrastructures that are so built into our day-to-day -day lives that when it comes to thinking about how regulation fits into them, it becomes a very contentious subject. And we're definitely seeing that with Facebook, for sure. And I think more recently, too, with Apple taking a bit of a stand when it comes to the the privacy side of of our data that these companies get are are they really taking a step towards privacy or are they taking a step towards making apple users a more profitable commodity for themselves if by blocking other people out of the private data and ensuring that they're the only ones who can get apple users private data does that you is that like a public relations tactic to I think show a, privacy is a concern. Meanwhile, they sell your data and make sure that they remain profitable. I like think what's that's a, that's the a real very, motivation? Yeah, that's a very fair um, assumption to have. And, and I, well, from what I've seen, it's like they're wanting to be able to put out products that have been stamped, like literally stamped, I think. It's like privacy secure, whatever that means. Like your data is encrypted. You're, you have it feels like a buzzword it feels like a buzzword it feels like when someone's like oh this is sustainable for sure I, yeah you know it, it, it's what does like, that truly mean it's a great concept but how do we define that and i guess um this is to make the point that i think there's yeah going to be a stamping you know like how there's like ocean wise safe seafood right it's kind of that new level of uh third-party branding that maybe apple mate tried to start and and other com other computer computer companies have been doing this they're like selling yeah solely focused on privacy focused uh, products. But I think, um, no, it's an interesting question. It's like, hey, what is the degree of exposure that Apple is getting in respect to um, maybe, yeah, further building this moat around their 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 Apple uh, consumer zombies, right? You right. know what I mean? And people would be critical that the iOS system of, of Apple is a lot more restrictive compared to Android or a yeah. lot of these. So they already kind of block out a lot of other applications and new uh, software developments to make sure that they kind of maintain their monopoly on a large portion of the market. I mean, 
they might have legitimate uh, security and private privacy intentions, but is that really why they're doing it? And, and does it still make sense to buy their product? For I guess, sure. Right? I, I think that's, it is. that's the, the consumer decision you're making. For sure. And I know I think you're right to be skeptical for sure. And I guess from what I've kind of on the peripheral and sort of what I've been digesting, I think there is a genuine attempt to try to, um, you know, work towards platforms that, yeah, of course, take in data to improve the so-called user experience because we know we love to talk about that. But no, I... I I think they are generally trying to take steps in a way that they can use the data to make the the product better, but then not you know compromise people who have privacy concerns. Um, but uh, I mean, again, that is to say, we um, want to encourage a level of skepticism to the degree that you may feel slightly schizophrenic on a daily basis. So that I think that's a healthy mindset that Calm's encouraging here. Yes, uh, if you don't constantly question your decisions and have it lead to a path of mental destruction Mm -hmm. you are not thinking enough well yeah you're 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 not fit for the 21st century like no you're just just not go back to 1786 go pick up a rake and start growing potatoes (laughs) and hope that famine doesn't get worse probably will probably will yeah probably will but you're gonna hope that it doesn't i love how you know it took like you know whatever Five ten minutes for us to get to the uh, the breadline discussion, <laughs> the old world, the good world, the different world, the uh, the world that people romanticize but would be unhappy there, just like they are here. Yes, exactly. And I mean, I think this is a you know a nice little segue into the new romanticized world that we live in, where people are, um, well you know, participating in a romanticized world online, and that more specifically has been reflected in this new uh, idea. Well, not really a new idea necessarily, but this goddamn word called non-fungible fucking tokens. So let me just preface and say, I hate saying this word and I hate it when people use this because I feel like some tech bullshit entrepreneur that's selling another fake business scam as the great words of Tim Dillon may, may describe this as. So, I, I've been kind of brief and calm a little bit on this. Yeah, I, I will fully acknowledge that in this, uh, I'm the student when it comes to learning about NFTs, mostly because I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, but secondly, because I'm trying to understand if I can personally get rich off of this. Yeah, and that that's a genuine... Is, is this the next GME? I mean, I kind of want to say it is, but I don't know yet. I'm kind of coming from the perspective, yeah, can I make money out of this? But I also want to be on the bleachers as I watch uh, our digital world descend into hell and deceit and scams and and, and lies. But to give some context to what an NFT is, because we're using that acronym now, we got to be we got to be efficient, right? Yeah, before we put in brackets, we got to say it out loud. For sure. So non-fungible token, I mean, the word fungible is kind of, refer- you can imagine- uh, A mushroom, really. Yeah, it's a fungi-related- like, I, feel, I feel like that's what, uh, you know, the the hippie arts professor goes out and hunts off specific bark, mm-hmm. and they bring it back. They're, they're like, this is a fungible. Yeah. The, I, I spent 18 hours this weekend. I found two. Yeah. And that's who's educating our youth. Well, that's how Bitcoin are made. It's literally how Bitcoin are made. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, so- Fungus solves all issues. Okay, perfect. We can move on. No, okay. Calm got it um, just by kind of connecting the dots there. So that is to say, um, you know, we're looking at this fungi, fungible item, which in all seriousness is a way of describing something that's indivisible, right? 
you know, if you have a dollar, you can divide it into 50 cents, 25 cents. God, I'm just smiling, laughing. Just nice way to derail my <laughs> serious definition. No, no, no. Let's, let's get serious. Let's get serious. Let's get serious. In all seriousness. Um, yeah, fungible. Yeah, you, you could, you know, you got a dollar, you can divide it into 10 cents, you know, five cents, a nickel, whatever, right? Can you divide that into five one cent pennies? <laughs> I mean, sure. But how are you going to get the pennies? They're discontinued. Oh, nice. Because <laughs> we do live in Canada, just yes. to reiterate that. And those were disbarred from our uh, from our markets, and that's fine. Get a VPN. I'm not. Yeah, get a VPN. Start listening. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Join the club. We don't have a discount code, but get a fucking VPN. I've been intensely monitoring the analytics because I'm a data guy. And we have primary of our listeners are coming from Canada, which aren't surprising. But, you know... Um, just in case you're outside of Canada, it's always good to acknowledge those listeners. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, sorry yeah. for derailing the topic there. No, let's, this is good. This let's is good. get back to uh, non fungible tokens. Non fungible tokens, NFTs. So yeah, fungible being that it's can is divisible. Uh, non fungible not being divisible. Right. One of these NFTs is one of them. So this is why it applies really well to individual art pieces or individual memes or um you know individual plots of land in this sim like uh you know web browser which we'll get to but the point is is that you know it is something specific there's a receipt that links that nft to a ledger and then i guess is to explain how this whole ledger system is working right this so this is blockchain art this is blockchain uh yeah associated art right so, right. So it's not made with blo- uh, blockchain. No, it's but not made it, with blockchain. But it's secured with blockchain. Yeah. So I, I I understand. I think the primary ledger that these NFTs are using is the Ethereum ledger, which is the sort of runner-up to Bitcoin in right. the crypto world. Yeah, the second most popular. It's Russian too, isn't it? I'm not too sure. That's a good question. Yeah. For um, some reason, I thought Ethereum was Russian. I, I'm not sure. It could um, be. I mean, we don't really know because I think a lot of the time these these groups that start them like to be anonymous in mm. O to the Sakanori Yakatushi. That's not it. <laughs> That's not it. I took a stab and failed. Okay. The guy who started Bitcoin, we don't know who he is. It is a Japanese name. Is the yes. And, and a lot of people think it's kind of an alias. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people don't know it was actually the CIA that started it. But that, that that's another topic. Well, that's how they're going to make you go all digital. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, because, yes, the Sakatori guy or whatever his name is, he is supposedly supposed to be the ri- the 20th richest person in the world, if if what they assume... Because his Bitcoin fortune is yeah. so large. Okay. So whoever this person is, um, or group of people, mo- obviously most likely a group of people, um, is using this alias. But um, Wait, how can they know how much Bitcoin he has if it's not... Re- has this person released how much Bitcoin they have? How do they know how much... I have no fucking idea, man. I, I literally just read headlines and just regurgitate. <laughs> That's the level of research that I'll do. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I read it in a Reddit comment. No. Well, then it's absolute truth. Then it's absolutely true. Yeah. It's been vetted. It was upvoted, so you got to know it's a little bit peer-reviewed. A little bit. You can make that assumption. Yeah. I, maybe you need to write your thesis mm. on the validity of peer-reviewed reddit posts for academic sources i would i would wake up every day at 5 a.m and gladly write that 
that is the most engaging topic I've heard in the past two years of my grad school experience. We're doing very important academic work here. Yeah, there, there's literature involved and complex high-level ideas, hence the man bun. But um, Hence the antenna. Hence the antenna. Um, but I guess, okay, so going back to, yeah, NFTs, they're working on this ledger system. They're working on the blockchain. I'm sure everyone's kind of heard this blockchain idea, right? Right. And this is, I think, a big buzzword for, I'm going to just really just you know, explain like I'm five kind of thing. It's just kind of a new way of imagining. Oh, we got a dog. <gasps> oh, hello, we have it. We got a, we got a new guest. Oh, oh, look at this guy. And that's how you derail a podcast successfully. Exactly. Remy's excited about the, uh, the NFTs. Um, but no, they're a part of a ledger system, Ethereum primarily. And this is essentially just a fancy way of describing, um, just a big database really. So essentially what it is, a bank account of information, a bank account of information that secured on the internet, secured that's on the internet by yeah. encryption, by encryption. And, um, you know, if, if one person puts another line on the ledger, you know, say it like, oh, I just purchased, you know, a thousand Ethereum or, oh, I, oh, this person just, uh, you know, purchased this NFT that gets added to the ledger. Everyone sees that ledger and everyone has access to that ledger. Um, so you know, it, it, um, it, it, these NFTs are linked to this so-called, yeah, blockchain decentralized idea of recording, I guess, essentially receipts, right? Right. Um, so, you know, it, 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 it makes, it, it kind of like, so if you imagine, like, if I own the Mona Lisa, right? Like, if I, you, you the you actual know, painting, the actual painting, right? right? Like a priceless piece of art, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, a Avril Lavigne vinyl record. Uh, perfect. Avril Lavigne vinyl. Perfect. I got one of those. You can come to my house. You can look at it. You can see it. That is like the, the, you got the original. It, you got it's the, a, it's a material yeah, item. You got the first press version, right? This NFT idea is kind of attempting to replicate that because what you could do, right? Is you could have an NFT and you have that receipt. You got that on your ledger. And, um, you know, since these NFTs, right, anyone can see them. This is the thing. Like a lot of the NFTs, you go Google it, like you can see what they are and what these people are buying them uh, or what, what they're buying. Um, but if someone copied it and made the exact same version of it and they put it on the ledger, it would have a different, um, you know, identifier on the ledger system, therefore not making it the valued, the original valued uh, NFT, right? So that that is kind of the unique part of it, right? So... Let me get this straight. If you own an individual piece of art and yeah. then it gets reproduced, that reproduction is also an individual piece of art because it's created a new yeah. ledger on the blockchain. Yeah. So you spent a shitload of money for something somebody can replicate and then resell for less but similar amount of money. Yeah, we're, we're living in a, a world of lies, yeah. So China has won and we have embraced Chinese intellectual property laws for art i mean essentially. Which, which might not be the worst thing i mean hey you know what if you want to just see this is the thing we're, we're living in a world where you know instead of you know if you're some rich billionaire millionaire whatever you are instead of buying cars and you know nice bottle of booze you're going to start spending a million dollars on a gif of a cat dancing um, that's, that's so, how, you know, you're at the height of human civilization. So yeah, w when people say don't tax the rich, I would like to just sort of 
refer them to that idea that people are spending hundreds and millions of dollars on nfts and this is a relatively new idea wait so there's already been a hundred million dollars spent no on sorry a hundred oh, sorry spending either a hundred thousand or millions on it so a couple of examples i was kind of going through okay let me see here i mean i'd encourage people just to oh like just to straight up google like some of the nfts that um Lindsay Lohan's heavily involved in NFTs, is she not? Sorry? Lindsay Lohan? Is yeah, she, not she, heavily she, involved? she created an NFT of like, it's kind of like a photo of her, but it's sort of like, um, it kind of looks like it has like a shimmer to it. And, that, she, and she's got the Ethereum diamond in front of it. She's kind of like winking. And that's... So she's like producing propaganda for NFTs in Ethereum. Straight up, yeah. Because... To like legitimize it, the fact... And then, and then who knows who bought that? Could be a... a I'm getting so conspiratorial. No, here. this is great because literally, like, it's obvious that like Lindsay Lohan has talked about how she's heavy in Ethereum and then just puts out an NFT promoting Ethereum and then makes money off of that NFT. But at the same time, how is this any different than Elon pumping the Bitcoin stock by announcing that Tesla buys 1.5 billion dollars and then promote uh, Dogecoin as well? Like, it's crazy that uh, we're getting to a point where celebrities and public figures are openly manipulating markets mm -hmm. to their advantage and it is creating real wealth and real wealth loss for large amounts of people for sure for sure well they're also like just genuinely capitalizing on people's sickness of wanting to capture the moment fomo of investment and they've, they've commodified fomo Literally, yeah, in the most effective and devious way. It's it, And then speaking of Elon Musk, too, he literally has just come out with an NFT of a song about NFTs as an NFT. This just came out recently on Twitter. You can go look it up. Is this produced by Grimes? I, I kind of think so. Like, I just saw the tweet and, like, I didn't see a Grimes tag, but, like, right. I, I'm... They're it, married. They're, it sounded they like... Have, they, they have a shared bank account, I'm sure, maybe a prenup, but they have vested interest in each other succeeding uh, in their business For ventures. sure. Well, yes. it, it actually, well, it sounded like shit, so it was probably Grimes. Um, <laughs> but, no, this is, this is, <laughs> this is the thing. <laughs> I concur. I, I mean, she's from Vancouver. She's Canadian. We yeah, are, no hate, but. No hate, but I don't, I don't like your music. Do I mean, you? I've do never, you? I, no, I've never really listened to Grimes, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's different. It's not for me, but yeah. you know what? You it, do you. It will be the song when we're all kind of like living in our like 200 square foot hole in the wall and we're like, it's like 2060 and we're like. It's not going to be in the wall, dude. Uh, plugged into the electrical socket in the wall at the cloud server where you live. That's true. Yeah. I'm showing off my NFTs to Callum and like, you know, it's like. You never die, but you never really exist because you're just a fucking electronic creation. Exactly. That's that's what it is. I mean, that, that's the reality. And these NFTs are just an indicator of what we get to look forward to. But I just, I'm just looking up here. I just looked up. This is the, I think this is the most expensive NFT for, so it's called Beeple, the first 5,000 days. It's by an artist named Mike Winkleman. Um, and this is the biggest, yeah, NFT sale in history. Um, and what it is, it was a digital art. Okay, so posted new work of art online every single day for 5,000 days, then minted this as the NFT called the first 5,000 days. He sold it for $69 million. Just a couple days ago, March 11th. Today's the 15th. $69 million for a digital piece of art. What What's like in the last year, how much does a Banksy piece sell for? 
A lot, obviously. A lot, yeah. Obviously a lot, yeah. but like, is it anywhere close? Like, I have no idea. I'm, I'm just like trying to understand I, I mean, comparisons here. Well, the, the, the crazy thing about this is like, the Banksy like pieces, they've been kind of vetted, right? Like, there's kind of like an understood value, right? Of like a Banksy piece. Like, you know what I mean? Well, the legit, well, I think part of the legitimacy that comes with Banksy works is where he, uh, like a lot of it is street art. So you can't reproduce it in a sense, mm -hmm. right? Like if you know this Banksy wall was painted by him, somebody else might be able to re reproduce it on another wall or take a photo of it. But yeah. like, it's not like a, a painting where you can like scan it and, and just hand it out, right? So I think that's where some of this legitimacy and interest in, in the Banksy work comes from mm, is in, in the sense that the canvas uh, gives it more legitimacy in, in the sense that it's much, much harder to reproduce. And uh, once one has been made, you can verify it by a street address. Like For you sure. can almost, you can verify it by a physical location. Interesting. Yeah, I never really thought about it like that. Mm -hmm. um and i mean i guess this is like kind of what if we're gonna even speak to legitism legitism the legitimate aspect of nfts is to the fact that when you buy the original you have the original and you have that clear receipt there's no getting mm -hmm. around the fact that you own the original piece of art or whatever it is. Like for example, the Kings of Leon, they sold their album for six yes. million. Yes. I and that has like this. legitimate value. It's like, oh, okay, well now I own the rights to this Kings of Leon album. So I that's what I don't understand though, is if you own you own the rights to the album, but do you you don't get any uh monetary compensation for streams or anything of the album i would imagine you would like why wouldn't you like if you owned it outright like if they produced it on yeah that's what i mean though is like did you buy a six million dollar album that mm -hmm. has no resale value really mm -hmm. or did you actually buy the rights for because i think that that's a completely different story depending on which one you get um no i exactly i mean because that would be the only way i kind of see this as like working it'd be kind of like a new way of buying rights for things like that yeah. creators make which is cool um but um yeah i'm just kind of like pulling up the cnbc article here just to try to see ah, yeah i don't know anyways um that's how you know we're a legitimate news source. We'll we tell you. We'll tell you. I don't fucking know. Yeah, look it up yourself. God damn it. Don't use Google. Use Google. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I I, mean, no, this is a crazy idea. And I, and I think this is actually to get up more on the, um, the more dystopian side to this. There's this website called Decentraland. And I mean, I've done sort of light research. I sort of know what the, essentially what it is. It's like kind of like a Sims-like simulator in the sense that, you know, you have an avatar and you own a plot of land in this sort of virtual kind of space. Um, and the graphics are pretty shit. They're just like your classic, like basic anime kind of style video game graphic. And it runs in a web browser. So that's kind of a testament to what right. this is. But there's literally, you know, you get, you look it up, you know, they're selling plots of land in this online space for hundreds of thousands of dollars, like a plot of land. But again, you got to remember, I guess if you want to associate some value, you have that ledger, you have that receipt ticketed to that piece of land in this virtual world. But what can that piece of land 
produce for you. Well, when you live in an apartment that's 200 square feet and you don't have friends, but you have friends online and you're like, oh, come to my land, come to my virtual house and look at my virtual art that I've put into my virtual world. I mean, this, this is this is the sad reality. Like, it's like we make fun of this kind of shit and sci-fi movies, um, you know, like Ready Player One or whatever, you know, kind of edge at this idea. But this is literally... It's very similar to the idea. What's the uh, the one the movie with Matt Damon where they they shrink him and that's how how they oh, kind of deal with yeah. stuff is to consume less you shrink them and then you can live on you know mm-hmm. a quarter of the money you know sixty grand is like being a billionaire because you get shrunk and everything costs so little yeah. um, same kind of idea it but applied is, yeah. applied to a gi- digital world rather than uh, you getting physically shrunk. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, in a lot of respects, we've kind of been prepped for this and kind of getting our toes a little bit wet with COVID and being locked down, right? You know, we've had to participate in in more of these online mediums to communicate and and talk to one another. And And, and you're kind of forced into using these these platforms such as Zoom or um it's facetime whatever it is but like an application where you have to sign up give them your information they can track your information they can profit off your information but if you do not um participate in using these applications then you get no social contact and, and this isn't mm-hmm. to like be any kind of covid denying like no not at that's all. that's not where we're going with this yeah get I'm your d- fucking vaccines and shut the fuck up yeah like sorry just got to put that out there there's worse things you could put in your body. Don't stress about it that exactly. much, right? Yeah. But um, the way it does affect like uh, the growth of platform companies and tech companies and, and those type of companies like Amazon and Google and Facebook and Zoom and uh, I guess not Airbnb, or, yeah. but even yeah. even Uber, like. Mm-hmm. You know, their their sales still seem to be very successful through this whole thing, and like th- that's probably because they don't have the same office space, the same amount of uh, full time employees they have mm-hmm. to pay. Like the way they set up their company has allowed them to thrive through this, even though mostly because they don't have any costs to really like. For sure, they don't weigh have them like, down. They don't have like infrastructure that they need to work. It's just a software. It's just software, but then the people driving the Ubers get less customers, and mm-hmm. there's no benefits for them. But the stock price of Uber still goes up. You know, yeah. there's stuff like that with these these platform economies that is worrying for sure. Yeah, no, they. I mean, this is the thing. They kind of set up this, yeah, this this disgusting separation between how much money they're making and the treatment of the workers. And I think, yeah, Uber's a good example but also i i I guess my brain's going immediately to amazon specifically Mm -hmm. in the sense that like jeff bezos right stepping down as ceo you know vesting some of it or is taking out some of his stocks reaping the benefits blah 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 yeah just bought a home in california 125 million dollar home well i'll call it home a literally a you know assembly of various uh golf courses greenhouses gas stations Literally on this one property. So he bought a village. Bought a village. And yet his workers are, you see reports consistently of how their underpaid working conditions are horrendous. Yet they work for one of the richest people in the world. And the craziest thing to me is Amazon isn't even the worst case of this. Mm-hmm. You you look at uh, Amazon and they at least acknowledge that like a $15 minimum wage 
they're willing to do it. That's, I mean, you can get into that debate on if that's going to be what's going to be the uh, social change and economic change that people need. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, ludicrous that people can work any kind of full-time job and not be able to afford rent and food. Yeah. So keep that in mind. But like, he'll pay his workers $15 an hour. And then there's uh, places like Walmart where the Waltons are one of the richest families in America. And they're the company with the most amount of staff on food stamps in in America, right? Like that just seems um, extremely unproductive. Well, yeah. Why why are we subsidizing Walmart to have cheap, shitty products? (sighs) Yeah. And I say we, but I mean... Maybe not so much a concern in Canada, but, I mean, they obviously pay minimum wage mm-hmm. here in Canada, which, I mean, is getting brought up as well, but, uh, I mean, overall. Well, I mean, you know, I guess uh, the sooner that you accept that uh, people at the top just don't value human lives to the extent where they think that if you can live paycheck to paycheck and barely feed your family is living, um, then we- great. We didn't kill you, so you should be thankful. Yeah, exactly. We gave you the job where you can um, live paycheck to paycheck and barely cover your medical expenses and barely be able to, uh, you know, buy your children nice gifts for Christmas, but that's all right. Um, Well, what do you mean? You get 10% off at Walmart. You can get them anything you want for Christmas. Great gift. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, these sorts of rabbit holes are, are, are just something that need to get brought up more often, really. And as depressing as they are, it is just going to keep getting worse. So that's really that's kind of the, the point we're making. Main message, yes. Yeah. Um. And the F- NFT is well. It's so funny. Like in respect, we got a little off track there. A little bit, but that's okay. I mean, because I think it's just it's it's good to bring it up in this context because there's being a lot. There's like millions of dollars being thrown around on fucking pieces, like literally digits on on your computer, like literally numbers. No, no, no uh, tangible, no physical item. Yeah, no uh, relativity to reality. Almost seventy million dollars was spent on this piece of so-called art, as an like. I mean, if that is not an indication on the unhealthy aspects of our so-called free market society, then you know, let that be the wake-up call. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, we're we're looking at people throwing around excessive amounts of wealth without even considering for a second that there are people who are living on food steps in in swaths across especially america um, and, and it it does i mean america is the kind of country that gets picked on in, in developed western economies but you look at uh like workers at foxconn in china that manufacture like apple phones mm-hmm. and apple products and like the wages they get paid and then you look at um, the child soldiers in the Congo who mine a lot of these precious uh, metals mm-hmm. uh, important for technology devices. And you look to, you know, uh, South America and Africa and uh, parts of Asia um, and, again, obviously parts of Europe and North America. Like, it is a global issue, but you look at these uh, places that get exploited more so and you see, like, how even more excessively awful these mm-hmm conditions get to ensure the the growth of markets yeah just to ensure that um jake paul can put out another youtube video uh filming with the nicest newest best camera 
that's filled with uh, metals mined from uh, underprivileged people in the Congo. But yeah, no, that's great. I mean, because it's nice because the we all know that the NFTs have allowed the commodification of clout, right? I mean, this is this is the reality, right? It is literally now we are moving away from actually selling a valuable product. I think to clout. If you're a real, if you're a real fan, you need to get a face tattoo that says the commodification of clout. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. We're living in that era. I mean, it, it it was it was fucked up. I mean, I was in a, I was in a clubhouse room and I was listening to Jake Paul talk to David Spade about how he should get an NFT. I mean, this is the like Joe is, Dirt was talking to a famous YouTuber yeah. about buying fake art online. But the funny thing is, is like Jake Paul's in this room and he is literally the most insightful about what an NFT. He's like, yeah, you know the you know the kids that are being born today, right? They're they're digitally native. Right. You know, they, 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 uh, you know, as soon as they start to talk, you know, they have an iPad in their hand and, you know, I didn't have that. I'm a 96 er And I'm like, the way that you're talking about this is extremely accurate. And I agree with everything you're saying, but it's making me so angry that you are the one in this clubhouse room talking to David Spade. Like we're just, yeah, you couldn't even make this up. It's so fucking ludicrous. It, it really is, um, I don't want to say dystopian or utopian. It's just like unfathomable. Yeah. It's really the only <laughs> you word. You couldn't to... make this up. Yeah. You couldn't have wrote it any better. No. You couldn't have wrote it any better. Because there's the... a video service online where you can upload <laughs> videos. People watch it for free. And yeah. if you get enough people to watch it for free, you make millions of dollars and have huge global influence. For sure. And it's like, if you don't understand that, yeah, yeah, I time to wake up, time to wake up. This is like an interesting thing that I was kind of thinking about recently. It's like with these whole commodification of, yeah, like, like, okay, you're a YouTuber. You have a big following. Sure. You're like a person who's kind of commodified, right? You're like, you're indebted to your subscribers, your Patreon users or whatever, right? Like you are the person that they prescribe to, but like now you can kind of branch your brand into literally a free market economy in respect to, you know, if you make out a piece of content and you brand it as an NFT and you sell it for a couple hundred thousand dollars, people can then sell that NFT later down when your brand grows. So like you're putting things out in the market that are going to then in theory grow as your brand continues to grow. It's really next level merch. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> like if it's it's convincing somebody that your merch is worth sixty million dollars instead of selling shitty hoodies. Now you got uh... <laughs> you got an NFT. That's all you need. You, you don't need NFT. any more shitty hoodies. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. And, and and I mean, I can only imagine uh, soon enough there because there's going to be a platform where you can literally trade. There's okay, you know, now we have exchange traded funds, those nice secure little regulated EFTs, and recently there was a new Bitcoin EFT that came Correct, out, which is yeah. cool. Sure, uh, it's cr- kind of adding. Is it, is it uh, Bitcoin specifically, or is it uh, cryptocurrency? Sorry, cryptocurrency. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cryptocurrency. You know, exchange traded funds. So you got a boatload of companies that are investing in cryptocurrency. Blah blah blah. You're tied to that, nice and regularly, right? It kind of fits into that, you know, B class stock or whatever. Anyways. I mean, I can just, I'm not even, I wouldn't even be surprised if one day I woke up and it's like, oh, there's a fund that is 
that is literally working the Inve- NFT market. In- it- it- investing exclusively in Justin Bieber NFTs. And you're <laughs> like, up. and you're like, well, I mean, <laughs> I don't like his music, but uh, I've had a 12% gain over the last five years. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's better than the uh, government regulated uh, TFSA. <laughs> so I-, I invest in NFTs and you're like, yeah. Well, it's time to uh, sign up to go to Mars yeah, because there's nothing left on this planet. I think the day that NFTs are allowed to be put into your TFSA, TFSAs, I fall off a bridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that's that's the day that I realize it can't get worse. Yeah. It is at the <laughs> final days, and it's it's just – that's how bad it gets. It, that. <laughs> I mean, we laugh, but um, it, it, it is about to get worse, and it, and it will continue to get worse. And, I mean, I know this is the spirit of the podcast, um, us condemning everything in our world, but, you know, the world makes it a little bit too easy. And, and the thing is, by us condemning everything, we're not telling you to be apathetic. We're telling you that uh, instead of just saying, I'm not going to do anything, mm-hmm. have a beer. Relax, okay. right? Yeah. Glass bottle. Glass bottle of beer. Yeah. Feel a little classy. You're like, this is nice. Sure. You finish it off and you realize my grass has gotten a little bit longer. I might need to mow the lawn soon. You go to check the lawnmower. You're like, oh, look at this. I have a little bit of gas left for the lawnmower. You're like, I have an empty glass bottle. And you're like, I also realize that this is as bad as it gets. So you pour a little bit of this lawnmower gasoline into this glass bottle. And then you find some locally produced, sustainably recycled brown paper, and you just tuck it nicely into the neck of the glass bottle. And then you wander down to your local representative's office, and you take a hemp wick and you light the recycled brown paper bag that's in the neck of the glass bottle because we don't want plastic you light that on fire with this hemp wick Mm -hmm. and you just throw it (laughs) and you burn it all down and there you have it folks it always gets worse (laughs) 